to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. Thanks for joining me. So you can see, guys, it's going to be one of those days where Connie gets tongue twisted here. Now, I hope as you listen to the show that clearly you feel my passion, that I really am on a mission to change that word sales from this icky, you know, sleazy manipulation perspective of pushing versus coming from a place of love, care, and respect. And when we do it well, coming from that place of love, care, and respect, truly magic happens. We make more sales. Clients come to us. We get more referrals. It just, it's like magic happens. So to help you on that journey, I have a free communication style assessment for you. The link is in the show notes. You've heard my spiel before. You get two reports. One, your natural communication superpowers, how people perceive you. You want to know that. You want to lean into that. And you really do want to leverage that superpower. Flip side, we have blind spots. You get your lowest score. You get a report for that shining a light there so that you don't miss opportunities just because your message isn't landing for the other person. So I hope you um, take that. Again, the link is in the show notes, my gift to you to help you on this journey of changing your sales game. Now, my motivational quote today is by Mark Roberg. And Mark says, it's no longer about interrupting, pitching, and closing. It's about listening, diagnosing, and prescribing. Now, lately, I feel, and I don't know if you guys have seen it too, but many sales trainers and consultants out there are speaking about building these deep-rooted, transparent relationships as if this is a new concept in sales. Now, I know, you know, 40 years ago when I started my sales career, it happened to be in the financial service industry. There was a ton of pitching and pushing going on without much interest in the actual person, the family, the organization, depending on what the platform was that people were selling. Literally, it made me sick to my stomach that this type of bad selling was happening all around me and a lot, right? It was happening frequently. Now, I still see, still see some of this, um, these types of behaviors today, except now buyers can do a ton of research, read reviews and buy from a, from a place with more confidence due to their own personal research of what they're looking for. So what's changing sales today and how do we close more deals quicker in this transparent world where the customer actually has done some research? And I'm glad you asked because, of course, I have an amazing guest. Today, I'm really excited to <laughs> chat with my amazing friends and guest, Gail Casper. Now, Gail is a two-time TEDx speaker. She's a TV host, sales trainer, and author who has worked with le- with leading and billion-dollar companies across the country. She has reached millions of people appearing nationwide on various morning and news shows uh, sharing her strategy. So, Gail, thank you so much for being on and an important conversation today. Yeah, and I appreciate, first of all, Connie, everything that you said um, is so critical today that we are actually part of our customers' world, you know, that we are listening to them and being attentive in the process. And yes, things have changed, but first and foremost, it's an honor to be on your show. I told you I was waiting for months for this. I know how valuable your information is, and I've listened to it, so I'm thrilled to be here and be a part of it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you for your patience. So the show is popular. Yeah. And it's um, booking out further, which I I don't like to do on the same token, though. I hate to say no to people, especially if they're they have valuable content. So you're just very kind to be so patient. So again, I I really appreciate you hanging in there with me. So let's let's start our conversation, Gail. You know, what's different today in sales, right? That it's changed 
but has it, right? So what, what do you see as the big difference in sales today? First off, I, w- I want to back up to where you were, where sales used to be, that Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, oh. hard push, you know, make the sale, push it forward. And then we learned something called relationship selling, which is if you build the rapport, you uncover the needs, you present the solutions, and then you go for the close. And it is a process that is there. And then it came into play where we have this high technology. Customers are like, I can do the research before I even go there. I've explored the competition. I know what the prices are. I'm going to walk in the door and I'm going to kind of command what I want and, and take control of that conversation, which means the relationship selling process has kind of come to a halt because you, what do you do? Okay, now the customers in front of you, they know all of this information. You can't, hey, I'm going to build a rapport with you. I'm gonna, let's, let's start right. it off warm and fuzzy. The customer's like, okay, come on, let's go. I want to close the sale. You know, I, I want to buy this. This is what I want, or I want to get the best deal. So that's some of what I see as the biggest changes. Along with that is, okay, how do we adjust to the customer quickly then? How do we take that control back in that process? So we're still leading the customer versus them now leading us. Because as soon as that happens, we've lost control. We're basically feeding them information. They're making a decision whether they want to stay or want to go. And years ago, I won't say years ago, but in the, through the relationship selling process, it was all about getting to know the customer, uncovering those needs, asking those questions. They have to feel comfortable with you. Today, it's about reciprocity. Because people are moving so quickly, they have to have a chance to get to know you as a sales rep. So how do we do that? How do we do it subliminally and quickly so that we're not in a spot that they don't know us well enough to say, okay, I'll sign the big deal with you. So those are just some of the things I see. And um, I'm going to add one more thing to it just to keep our, our conversation full would be the ability to build stronger value. Meaning you're the customer, you walk in to see me, and now all of a sudden, you kind of know more than me. Meaning, have I really done my homework? Am I fully repaired, prepared? Have I been doing the training I need to do? Do I know my product or service so well that I know at the level of a designer? Meaning, I'm just so comfortable with that. I now have something to give you. If I can give you information, I can make you more comfortable with me right off the bat. Right away, that can happen. That rapport process can start. And it's funny because I agree with everything you just said. And here's the the critical thing. And I know what with my clients and when I teach, I talk about your pantry. <laughs> so think about your pantry of food, right? You have flour and you have, you know, baking powder, whatever the ingredients are, pasta, you know, noodles, uh, et cetera. And then in your freezer, you know what you have. So if you have to make dinner tonight, you know, if you have to run to the store or not. So what's in your pantry? Well, as you know, we, we're delivering a service or we're delivering a product, whatever it is that you're selling out there, you know what all your assets are and how you can serve and help that client, right? They're, they're in your pantry, if you will. So now when you sit in front of this educated client and they come in and they say, Gail, I need that. And as you get to know them and you, you, you still have to ask questions and listen, right? But as you start l- asking them questions and digging a little bit deeper than that superficial, I need X, you start to realize, ah, they need X, but they really need X plus Y and Z. So through that questioning, now you know what you have in your pantry. So 
after you uncover what's really going on with that client, they're super educated on you. We can fast forward and say, this is amazing. You know what I can do? I can package these three pieces of the puzzle. And I think it could get your results faster. I think we can move your needle. I think we can help whatever, save you money, save you time, whatever it might be. So that's, that's the piece of the puzzle where we still have to ask the questions to fully, and I'm using air quotes for the people listening on Apple and Spotify, but we have to really listen and be present with what the client situation is fully. And then we know how to customize that package. But for me, it's never about, Hey, I have this product. This is what you need. Yeah. Could you yeah. saw it on my website? We have to customize and truly serve the client. So I agree with everything you said. And I'm going to add into what you're saying there, because I totally agree with the uncovered needs part. Sometimes we have to slow the customer down. That's right. They're in a very fast pace. So even if you said to the customer, look, can you just give me 15 minutes? Meaning give me a time frame. In other words, I'll get you out. I know you want to run, you know, you're in and you're out. You want to buy, you want to go, but just give me 15 minutes. Cause I just want to confirm number one, that we're on the same page, that what it is you're looking for is right for you. That's right. Because we've had some new developments and we have something new that's coming out that I want to make the, that I want you to be aware of. So just keep in mind that we can take that control. And I don't see that enough with sales reps to be assertive, to just rather than just run with the customer to say, oh, you know what? Cool. Totally get where you're coming from. Just give me a few minutes if you would. Yeah. So and, and the other piece of that is, OK, the sales presentation, we learn uncovering, you know, rapport, uncovering needs, solutions and closing. That really hasn't changed. No. There might be parts that are shorter or longer today. But when you know your presentation so well. You, you know, the questions that you want to, have, they're all in your head, meaning you've got that presentation down, you've got that product down, you've got those, any question that you're going to ask them where they are right now with it, where they'd like to be, then you are in a spot to add yourself into it, the piece that would be missing in a presentation, if you're trying to follow a script. That's right. My boss told me I have to say this. And if I don't say it, I'm going to get in trouble. Learn it, know it, make it a part of you so you can add yourself in. Agree. And <laughs> the other thing too, when I teach, like people go, wait, I want to say it like you. Well, don't, don't, don't say it like me because you're not me. That's ridiculous. Just like I could never say it like you would say it. So here's the framework of what you want to achieve, but it has to be your vibe. It has to be your words. It has to be your zest in there, not how I would say it. So when your boss tells you, say this, this, and this, that might be the structure of what you should do or how they want you to roll out the the, the request or the answer right. or whatever, but make it yours because you cannot be a cookie cutter and you can't be someone else. That's why I start giving my gift away of the communication style assessment because I cannot communicate like you. You can't communicate like me. So who? what's your secret sauce? That's the piece you're talking about where you can inject that into that client conversation so they feel comfortable with you and they right. really know you're present and you're there for them. And you have to earn that trust. You have to earn that respect during that conversation, no matter how prepared or researched they've done on you and what you can offer. So I love that. I think you're, you have to insert yourself into that equation because they're buying the product, they're buying your organization, but they're buying you yeah. and you're going to, you're going to be their man relationship manager going forward. So you're really the secret sauce, I think, in everything we do out there in sales. And I agree with that. And one of the things I love about your assessment is that once I know who I am and I've done that assessment, now I can kind of look at the world and my customers 
customers a little differently and better understand and communicate with them. So I think that that's, that's just brilliant because really that's what it comes down to. I mean, I see a lot of people, depending on the, the area or the territory that I might go to or region I might go to in the United States, there's some people that are very judgmental that are not getting what, you know, this customer might walk in and they're in a bad mood, but maybe it has nothing to do with you. Maybe right. they're carrying something else with them. And it's up to you to kind of break through that to make them feel comfortable and more relaxed. But to form judgment doesn't help us. As soon as we put that in our head, then we are going to handle the sales call in a way that's not going to be productive for anyone. So <laughs> I love and admire sales reps, love them. And I think they don't get enough credit in this world. Right. And I think that they're not respected enough in the businesses. And I think they should be paid more. So that's where I come from when it comes to sales reps. It's the hardest job in the company. So uh, to stand up there and really pitch and believe in what it is that you are selling and offering and get somebody else to buy into you and what you're saying. So you just said something important too, Gail. I I think that, um, whatever you're selling or the company you're working for, for you to really show up and be be yourself authentic and real with the client and believe in what your offer is, your, the values of the organization, the values of the product or service have to be in line with yourself. And I know I, through, through the years, you know, 40 years I've been doing this, that I walked away from business that it didn't, especially, you know, being in business 21 years where I went in and I thought, oh, their values don't meet mine. I cannot get in front of their salespeople and say, oh, this is a great organization. Your CEO is amazing. When I knew the values were off, so I wouldn't come across as authentic. So I literally would walk away from the business because here's the other thing. I knew it would be a real pain in my neck. Right. Because I wouldn't be able to deliver what they were seeking because it, it, it it's not me yeah. and it it's not it wouldn't be worth the money it would be soul sucking for me. Right. So that's right. another piece of the puzzle, I think, that we forget about. Yeah. And, and I admire you for that. But I totally get it. If the if the values don't match up, then it's a battle constantly because yeah. you're still being you and you're still wanting to be you and they're still them. That's right. So it, there's never that it, nobody walks away happy. No. So what you did was brilliant because kind of like there's not going to be a win here anyway. So let me cut it now. And then your, you know, my reputation would hurt because <laughs> their values and how I would teach would be a mismatch. Yep. So they wouldn't they wouldn't get the expected results that they thought they would get. Right. Because we're on two different pages. And then it's, well, Connie Whitman's not doing a good job. And I won't ever I will never take a risk with my reputation. I so, again, that. it's it's about values. Right. And we have to be we have to know what our values are and we have to be true to ourselves. Right. Yeah. So. And, and with that, it's like one of the things I talk about in my new book, Sell Like a Cockatoo. Uh, I have a little right. section in there. Yeah, I have a little section in there that's about uh, managers that hire sales reps and asking the question. In other words, if they know their core values as an organization, um, my main question to a sales rep is, why are you here? Yeah. You know, not because you live close to the building, not because you're going to make more money here, but are you here because you believe in the product and the service? And if you don't know about my product and service, I'm happy to tell you. But if you're not here for that reason, I don't want you here. Basically get out. That's right. You You don't want people chasing the money, right? You want them to believe in what they're what they're out there offering. All right. So you mentioned the word cockatoo. My next question, (laughs) why cockatoo? Where the heck did that come from? I 
love it. I oh, love it. God, that means a lot coming from you, Connie. That means so much coming from you. Um, well, I always uh, imagined that sales reps have to dance. They have to be able to move and shift with the customer and cockatoos dance. And the more that I research the cockatoo, they're also loud, which we know sales reps should be loud. They need attention. Um, they don't like to be bored. The last thing you want to do is leave a sales rep sitting in a corner. You want to make sure that they're either training or working on things or working on their presentation, learning their products, what, cold calling, whatever it might be. We right. want to make sure that they're actively working. They know how to dance and they know how to build those 60 year relationships because that's what a cockatoo is all about. So I took all of those tools and I broke them down throughout the book. So the first half of the book is okay. Well, you know, why the cockatoo? The second half of the book is about body language and tone of voice and I've been trained in body language and interrogation so it's okay you've got this person in front of you what are you seeing in them how do you need to shift your body language and change what you're saying or doing so that you can move that sale closer to a close faster so and we always want again hence the reason I say know your sales presentation because you want to be able to be alert with the customer you don't want to be thinking about anything else you don't want to be wondering what you're going to say next you don't want to be anticipating where they're going you want to be in that spot that you can actually watch them and move and shift with them as you need to I love it it's funny um you know again i don't know that i studied interrogation i don't have your background over there i was like whoa i want to hear more about that in a second but it was it's so funny because being in sales for so long you really do start to watch the body language and it's it's almost a subliminal thing that happens because i think i've studied it for so long it, just because it, it helped me with my body language as well as being receptive right so that they'd receive yep. me and i'd receive them and i remember one of my classes one of my corporate clients um i'm doing you know saying who i am and what we're going to do for the day you know set the expectations and objectives and i walked over and i handed a pen to this young man and he looked at me and and I knew and I said, so I stopped talking and I said, oh, I'm sorry. Did you not need a pen? He goes, I did. How did you know that? I said, I go, I don't know. Like, I go, your body language, something told me you needed a pen. So everybody's like, it. what? I go, and that is the power of body language. I just anticipated yeah something that he needed, but we have to do that with our clients. And you, here's the thing, you, you know, you're not going to get good at that your first time out on a call. It's, it's practice. It's paying attention, right? It's that whole reiteration piece of it. So. And well, that's what tells me too. Some people have that natural ability to be pre present. They're great listeners. It's a, it's few and far between because listening is a learned skill, yeah. but is you obviously have that if you are present like and i get back to you know your sales presentation you know your product you're ready to go you can be more present with that customer to say wait a minute uh oh something seems off yeah. and check in with them and ask them a question and that's where you want to be you can't get to that space if you especially if you're new now you got stress on your shoulders and oh my god am i going to say this the right way and i'm not sure i know everything about the product but if i'm new i'm taking all of that into the sales call with me Got to get past those steps so that you can be like there, it really at one with the customer and excited. Like sales reps that show up for work and they're like, okay, oh, I got somebody coming in at nine o'clock. Well, 
instead of worried about, okay, they're coming in at nine o'clock, who is this person? If you talk to them on the phone, what are they about? You know, do you have the coffee ready, a glass of water ready? You know, what are they coming in for? Like who, you know, are they dropping the kids off in the morning and then they got to show up to you and then they have to get to work? Well, we know something about this person and what their schedule is. We can empathize a little bit with them, but we want to be ready for the customer. We don't want to be in our own mind, our own space. And I get it, sales reps, I love you to death. It's hard it's one of the hardest things to do because you got your own crap to deal with yeah like everybody does sales reps do too and here they gotta be on they gotta be on so i'm sorry for saying that but i get it it's hard and it's funny too because there's reason there's no reason today to not show up prepared knowing a little bit about that client you know if your organization has a crm system and they came in through that you should do your recon right if you've connected with them through linkedin or some other source you should be vetting them out you know what charities do they belong to are they on a board of directors is that a charity that's near and dear to your heart right whatever if they play a sport is that a sport maybe your kids are playing that you can talk about we should be vetting and there's no reason not to with the technology today so um yeah i I I agree with that. Use your time wisely. That's going to make you shine. As soon as you're on in front of that client, you just shine super brightly because you show up, right? You're, you're, you're all in, you're all in. Yeah. Go go back to the cockatoo with me. So how does a sales rep become that kind of full fledged, amazing cockatoo that can build that 60 year relationship? Well, obviously it's all in the book, but let me give you some highlights. In the book. Yeah. (laughs) It's all in the book, but um, here's the the thing is I get back to really being present with the customer, knowing your presentation and the value piece of it um, all the way from the beginning to the end, which includes when you get to objections, meaning that's a very emotional space for sales reps to be in because you've got to take it to a spot that you're really going to be able to just follow the steps. That's the one part of the sales presentation that I say to sales reps, be get to logic and know what you're going to say and do to handle those objections. Take emotion out of it. Your emotion isn't going to help the situation. They're already emotional and they're probably afraid to make the purchase or they shouldn't be spending the money or whatever their situation is. So on our end, we've got to be logical. So part of the cockatoo book is be who you are. I love those things. Be the one that seeks attention. Be the one that gets in your boss's ear for, hey, I want more training. I want to, you know, let's talk about my goals. In other words, the bosses or managers that leave you sit and let you be are the ones to be afraid of. They're the ones that you want to say, well, what more can I be doing? How can I be getting better? Like be assertive. I know one sales rep in a company that started with the company and they weren't training him for the first month. And it was sales that's very difficult to sell. And I said to him, go in there and be up their butt, like meaning go after it. Tell them you want the training. Fight for it. Fight for you because otherwise you're a sitting duck to go down. So Cockatoo Book is about be who you are. Take the assertiveness and bring it to another level. Uh, command the attention where you need it. Train at the highest level to that level of a designer. Bring out the value in your product and service bigger than what that customer will know. What are the inside secrets that are happening inside the organization that nobody else is going to know about? That when that customer walks in the door, you can be like, yeah, I know my crap. I'm good. I'm on it. I'm here to build rapport and build trust with you. And then finally, be able to read and adjust to their body language. There's over 50 body language tips in Sell Like a Cockatoo to help the sales rep work and adjust to the customer. And there are over 30 tone of voice elements 
because someone's tone of voice is 38% of what they're really saying to you. So knowing that, well, what is their tone of voice? Sometimes it's who the person is and you need to ask more questions to make sure it's not about you or the sale. But other times there's an issue. And does their tone of voice raise an issue with you that you need to ask a question? So it goes through from start to finish. How do you take control back of the call? How do you be that cockatoo? Learn everything that you need to, and then follow the customer or mimic the customer or dance with the customer to get them moving forward to close. So it takes them from beginning to end. And it's all about motion, right? And the other thing you said, be a great, you didn't use what you said, assertive. Here's the thing. And I know. I know what you mean because I people have called me aggressive, but I'm aggressive in a good way. Like I'm aggressive with my follow up. You will not fall through the cracks with me. I am diligent. That to me is being aggressive with my own skill, not that I'm attacking the client because that's the ick factor, right? So when we say assertive or aggressive, we say do it with grace and respect, not within your face, you know, over the top pushing the client. It's not about pushing. It's being it's making your voice be heard to help the client. And then the other thing I just wanted to comment on our clients show up prepared because there we have websites, we have LinkedIn, we have stuff out there that shows us our products and who, you know, our organization. It's marketing content though. It's not the essence of who you are. It's not the depth below what the obvious product or service is. There's so much more that goes underneath. So the marketing opens the door. You're the one who has to make that sale. And and I hate the word close the sale, Gail. I say that you're the one who builds that long-term dynamic, profitable relationship for you and the client over and over and over again. They keep coming back. You have to earn, again, it goes back to earning that right and privilege. The the last thing I wanted to comment was the tone of voice is 38%, right? Yep. 55% of our communication is done through body language. So for those of you doing the calculation, 93% is tone and body language. It's not the words you choose. So even if you get lost sometimes and you go, oh, I can't think of that word. You share with the client what you're feeling or what you're trying to have them understand. They got you because of your body language and your tone of voice. The words, I mean, don't curse or use bad words. But if we, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're like, what is that word? It's on the tip of my tongue. Don't worry, don't get hung up on that and lose your your rhythm um, because the client still does feel and understand you, right? Yeah. And just so you know, Connie, I would never view you as aggressive, even in your Uh, follow-up. I would say assertive, meaning that it's done with respect. And uh, let me give you an example. When I follow up with people, I will say, let's say I'm on a phone call and I'll say, well, when is a good time to follow up with you? I will ask them. And if they say Tuesday, I'll say, well, what's a good time on Tuesday? I don't want to interrupt your day. Are you just getting in in the morning? And same through email. I'll do the same process. But that to me is assertive. Um, For anyone that that is going to tell us that we're being aggressive in it, because people do. Sometimes people don't want to even have. Like, it's okay. Come on. I'm just asking the question. It's up to you. And if you don't know, that's okay too. You know, you go with them, but just the follow-up element, if we're asking the questions about what's working for them, it's not an aggressive follow-up. It's necessary. You will not close the sales. I'm sorry to say close the sales, but you will not build those long-term relationships that you can build. If you're just going to sit back and wait for them to come to you, you have to be part of the process. And sometimes they're scared or sometimes they got two people they're talking to and they're not really sure. Help them be a part of the process, jump in and just let them know you're there for questions and you want to work with them or whatever it might be. So because they have their life. You're not the, you're not the most important thing in their life. You Mm -hmm. know, even though we have a need, 
there's other priorities. A kid is sick. That's going to trump having a meeting with you. So you have to be, I call, I call my follow-up CPR. So you keep the, you know, like the paddles, keep them alive. It's consistent. I, I know I am really a dork with this. I, I geek out, I it. but it's consistent, persistent, respectful follow-up and people really do appreciate it. My clients say, thank goodness you followed up with me 20 times. I was so busy and um, you stayed in my radar and I did it respectfully, not in their face in an obnoxious way. So again, it's all about balance. Uh, Go back one more thing for me. Um, What are the biggest mistakes? Because body language is 55%, right? Of our engagement and receptivity. What are the biggest mistakes you see sales reps and sales folks do with the body language? Uh, number one is if you're standing with a customer, do not be standing to the side. You want to be facing them. In other words, you're in a position where you have so much going on. Maybe you want to go handle something, go take care of something. But whenever you are with that customer, you actually be with them. Don't be turning away from them. Uh, the other thing is if you're sitting and you're going for, you know, the clothes, I say the clothes. So you're sitting okay, there, you're yeah. managing objections with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're getting distant with you. But we start to keep talking and try to push it versus sit back, shut up, which is yes. another way to be you know, utilize our body language and not say a word. Let the truth come out from them. What is it that's holding them back without interrupting them along the way? So that's another one. Uh, Covering our face if we're sitting there or leaning back in our chair. Leaning back in the chair just shows that we are not interested. So even if there's a reason that you're doing it physically, you have a back problem, other issue, explain things like that to the customer so that they understand that you're not just disinterested in the process. If you lean forward, don't be covering your mouth at all in any way or touch your nose. If you talk to them and you touch your nose, maybe you have a scratch, but it comes across as though you were lying. And a big thing is when you are filling out paperwork or looking down at something, do not continue to talk to them if you are in some other space. Ask them for a moment to finish reading what you need to read, to look them back in the eye to finish that conversation. Trust comes from that eye contact. 38% of that trust comes from eye contact. So don't lose it. Keep it there. It's funny when, you know, I've been podcasting for 11 years and I tease Gail. I say, yeah, I've been podcasting with the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs were still roaming. Nobody even knew what a podcast was. I love it. Yeah. Just, you know, joking around a little bit. But but the the uh, with the body language piece, the eye contact about maybe three or four years ago, my producer said, you're ready to do it you know, with eye contact and use video. I was like, I don't do video. Like, of course, right? Comfort's on my, I'm not doing air audio on mine. I'm, I'm comfortable right now. Thank you very much. She says, you need to do it because you have the YouTube channel and then people can watch you and your guests see the eye contact, see your eyes. And they, and it, it accelerates that authority building, but it also accelerates the no like trust factor because they can see your body language. And it's hard during a podcast for a long period of time to not, like you not coming through, like you can't be a put on or a fake for that long of a period of time. So it was the best thing I ever did because now people follow me, YouTube or whatever, and they'll say, oh, I've been following you for a year. And then when they get into a workshop and I have my offer at the end, they sign up and I go, how'd you find me? Oh, I've been following you for a year, been listening to your podcast. Love you. It's like, you're talking directly at me. It builds that no like trust factor. So when they are ready, right, they've seen my body language. They've seen my vibe. 
all of those pieces of the puzzle. So really the eyes are the windows to our soul and yeah. people can really read a lot about us. So you do, you don't want to make too intensive eye contact, but it's really, really important that you remain present and let them know that you are, um, you're there with them. The other comment was the leaning forward. When I coach, right, my, my teams and managers on coaching on the sales process, and I observe them in a sales conversation, and you see the client and the individual lean in, most times people don't even notice. And I'll say, did yeah. you see at the moment where you said this and they said this, you both leaned in. It's yeah. a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. It is a that's beautiful full thing. engagement. Yeah. Watch for those cues. Or yep. like you said, are they sitting back, pulling back and pulling from you? Again, another quick, uh, quick little clue. We are out of time. I can't believe this. I feel like we covered a lot, but we didn't cover a lot. I know. I could have talked to you all day, Connie. Oh, my goodness. This is, well, my favorite subject, clearly. So I think that Gail and I are going to have to do a sequel (laughs) (laughs) to this episode. Um, Last last question, though. Why why do you think or why do you see in your world working with uh, sales reps, where do you see the biggest like misstep or, or, or where is there a common place where they falter or lose their, their way? Uh, getting just complacent. You know, you get into it and you just kind of fall through the process. Uh, it's that can push for continuous learning, push to learn more, push to take risks. And that means training that's outside of sales, which could be public speaking, could be other types of training that are going to get you to be more confident in who you are. One of the things I do in one of the organizations that I'm working with is I will actually, because I have production background, I've been in front of the camera, I put them on video for their social media videos. So I get them in a place that's uncomfortable for them. They're a little bit scared. They're sales reps. But anything that they will do to build confidence in themselves to take those risks is going to make them a better salesperson, be more comfortable with the customer. Communication skills are going to elevate, and they're going to just surpass others. Uh, confidence comes through in who you are as a sales rep. So biggest thing that I would want to see with anyone, and that's why with my training, whether it's communications or sales, it's about ripping them down and building them up. So meaning you want to take your skills to the next level. You're doing it in a safe place where I can take you, tell you what's not working for you, and then help you build that back up again. Exactly. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just means we can do it better, right? And I don't know about you. I want to get better every day. Me too. <laughs> and and it's. I just want to comment. Um, the faculty for um, Financial Leaders Institute, it's another organization, and I just teach one class for them on change management. But we, it's a, a year long program. And at the end, they, they have to work on a project and then they have to deliver the project and share it as an executive review. So they could go back and share their idea, their concept with the CEO and hopefully get it implemented. Right. It's to enhance the organization. And this one gentleman, um, Mike Giacobello, my buddy, I love him. It's yellow, screw, uh, shout out to him. Mm. But when he did his presentation and so everybody gave feedback right on the faculty. And I said to him, have you taken public speaking? And he looked at me and he goes, why are you asking me that? I said, you're too good up there, you know, compared to, and not that his peers did anything wrong. And this was the cutest thing. He, he said, all right, I'll tell you when I was 12 years old and my mother made me take a public speaking class. I said, what? 
He said, because he stuttered or something. And so his mom said, we're going to go to public speaking. He goes, I screamed and cried and rebelled every time we had to go. And I said, when you get in the car, call your mom and thank her for those lessons. Because this was, you hit, you hit this presentation out of the park and everybody was like, oh my God, he did, he did. So the next time I saw him, he goes, I call, I looked at him and he goes, I called my mom. I promised (laughs) to thank her. It was just the cutest thing. So you see, even the mom, whatever her career was, knew to help him build his confidence, even at a young age, if he could get up and do this public speaking, it would serve him and look fast forward how it did him as a young man, as a, you know, he had family and all those things. Really cool story. It shows when you have that confidence behind you. So I love that you said that. It doesn't always have to be sales skills, Mm-mm. communication skills, body observing body language, learning yep. about that, right? Neurolinguistic programming, whatever it is, you should always be growing. Yep. Um, everyone, I don't know about you, but you need more Gail in your life. I'm just saying. So go to her website, which is gailcasper.com. If you really have a specific question, please email Gail at gail at gailcasper.com. And if they go to your website, you have some little goodies on there. You want to share that, Gail? I do. I do. Just fill out the newsletter form and you're going to get three things, three three free things from me. Uh, Number one is the most three most overlooked sales tools that close more deals. Number two is three things that will light your ass on fire to achieve your biggest goals. So you can't do without that. And number three is a poster, which is an honor of the salesperson, which is really all about all the challenges that we've been through and how, how much respect you should have within organizations. So they are yours. So fill out the newsletter form and they're yours. And your book is available on your website, right? You have it discounted on your website, correct? I do because it's in for publishing now, meaning that the soft copy copy is going to be coming out just, I think, two months. Uh, But two different books. One is Unstoppable, Six Easy Steps to Achieve Your Fire. And the other is Sell Like a Cockatoo. So I really have price right now. They're on the website and get the digital copy of it and go get them, cockatoos. I love it. I just, I love the title. I like the title of both, but I love the whole cockatoo thing. And I couldn't wait for us to get in because we are visual learners and we're all visualizing that cockatoo kind of dancing on the little perch there. Right. And, and talking and all of those singing their songs and all of those things that that's what we should be doing. Right. Shining our, our, our light so brightly. Um, Thank you so much, Gail, for being on and just amazing, amazing information. Um, Thank you for all the resources. I know everyone listening is going to want to get on that newsletter and get that information. So thank you so much for being on and just being a great guest. Thank you for having me. And and thank you to everybody listening. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build and discover together. No matter where you are in your sales game or your career, I really hope my guests and I provide some tips, strategies, and tools that you can use immediately. Information is a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with it, it's information. When you put that information into action, holy smokes, that's when really great things happen. It's like having an invisible magic wand. So again, take a tip or two, start to play with it, read the book, join the newsletter, use the downloads, whatever it is for you put it into action. Um, thank you again, Gail. Thank you again for joining thank me. You, Connie. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I will see you all next week. Again, have an inspired week. Pick one thing, go and put it into action and be a great cockatoo. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I love you all. See you next week. Have a great one. 
Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. Oh, 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 oh,